Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast contains explicit language. My first date ever was to go see the movie Titanic. It was 1997, and Team Bot magazine said I was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. But I was even more into my date, Nick. Nick and I had been doing the same bar mitzvah circuit of our Midwestern town together, slow danced twice, and even though he was a prep who wore polo shirts and I was a nerd who wore her hair in butterfly clips, we were officially going out. Boris was also there, in line for the movie. Boris and I chatted on AOL Instant Messenger every night, and he was the first guy I'd ever really friend-zoned. He knew all about me and Nick, and he was there as our informal first-date Sherpa, or maybe so our parents wouldn't think it was a first date. So first, Boris buys his ticket, and this is a million years ago, so it was like $5. Then Nick got to the window, and I started preemptively blushing. Nick asked for two student tickets. Wait! I pulled out my wallet and waved it in the air. Though my burgeoning feminist identity was mostly a Daria impression, I knew that letting him pay hadn't been my plan. Even back then, I was an independent woman with her own savings account from working at the state fair every summer, and I was going to buy my own movie ticket. Darn it. I opened up my green Velcro wallet and got ready to hand Nick some cash, but Boris got in the way. He gave me this look that said, if you want to be successful at dating please conform to this one thing for a change. I spent the movie sitting between Boris and Nick, feeling like the only thing that made me Nick's date, not Boris's, was that he paid for me to be there. Money's weird when you're a teenager. Nick buying me that ticket involved the same guilty feelings as asking my parents for new jeans. I thought about this kid in our class who'd always ask everyone for a dollar for the vending machines, but he never paid anyone back. And after I fell for it, I always looked at that kid with a $1 balance over his head. And maybe that's how Nick would start to see me. Andrea, going out, negative $5. Was wearing a tight-ribbed t-shirt and holding his sweaty hand inside of a dark movie theater enough to bring that balance back to zero? I felt sick to my stomach. A week after the movie, Nick broke up with me. Some girl named Claire told him I wasn't popular enough. He had Boris tell me the news. I was sad and embarrassed. I cried dramatically and called all my friends on the phone to say, I can't believe he dumped me. Thought about how the $5 gave him a karmic out. He didn't need to feel guilty about dumping me because one time he paid for me to see Leonardo DiCaprio die on a log. I've fought guys trying to pay for me ever since.
This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. And today on the show, we are finally tackling the question that I get asked the most frequently as the host of dating podcast, always by straight people. Who should pay for the drink on a first date? Queer daters generally aren't as obsessed with this question because they've tackled a lot of lessons early on about communicating who they are and what they're looking for. And there's this informal rule that whoever asks the other out should pay for the date. Straight people, not so much. The who pays question brings up how you were raised, how much money you make, how you feel about gender roles. And you have to navigate all of that in the very moment when you're both deciding if you're going to make out or go home. And of course, I know that you don't have to have money or drinks involved in your dating life. There are free museums, there are dog parks. But for the sake of this episode, let's talk about exclusively this one scenario, which is a straight man and a straight woman on a first date for a drink at a bar. The first expert I talked to about this was comedy writer Sarah Bennett. She and her psychologist dad, Michael Bennett, wrote a dating advice book. It's called Fuck Love. So much of... The book and my father's approach and the advice he gives his patients is about approaching dating as if you were a headhunter. You're looking for someone with whom you're going to have a partnership, and that partnership is usually running uh, the business of a family with or without kids. So in their advice framework, that first date should be treated like a job interview, which is fun to imagine, right? Do you have any training in running out to get more wine? What position were you interested in again, uh, sex-wise. And um, could you explain your gap in partnerships between 2011 and 2014? You want to be judged, and you want to judge. You want to feel someone out very quickly for the things you're looking for, for this literal or hypothetical list of values and attributes you want from a partner. So the answer to the question only really matters if it correlates to something you're looking for. If the man is like, no, I'm going to pay, and you're a woman who says, I, I want to be in a partnership with someone where we contribute equally, you're picking up something weird here. I'm not saying it's a deal breaker necessarily. I don't even really like that phrase, but it is worth noting. It is a, you are picking up worthy information in your headhunting search. So it might be time to make a list of what you're looking for. Sarah and her dad refer to this process as writing the job description for your co-CEO of Marriage Incorporated. you got to figure out how much time you're going to need from this person, what duties they'll perform, what special skills they should possess. You should write it all out, maybe even text it to a friend. And one technique is to put stars next to the qualities that you consider requirements. If your list says shows affection through gifts, then maybe you want your partner to pay for that first date. If you have a star next to can talk openly about money, then maybe you should consider asking your date to split the bill with you and see how that first conversation goes down. You know, date with an objective. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to get tired. Sarah and her dad are all about this focused approach to dating. One thing that keeps coming up over and over again in talking about relationships is when you're younger, you think more about romance. And when you're older, you think more practically. But from, again, the marriages I've seen, my friends, my sister especially when you have kids, it's not about whether you have moments of romance. It's about whether you can get through a day without arguing about who's going to clean a child's butt or a dog's butt, because my dog is very fuzzy and sometimes that is an issue. You know, it's those moments of negotiating bad moods and bills that are due. That's what you should be thinking about. 
When Sarah said this, I was nodding like crazy, like, yes, let's get past courtship and talk about credit scores. Let's consult a financial advisor about our retirement plan. So gives a fuck about flowers in your average 30 years together. Let's say that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone and you're not even married until late in life. That's a lot of years. You will have a lot of things on your mind and very little of them will involve romance. Could this still involve flowers, though? After a certain amount of dating, fuck the romance and fun. Like, you got a job to do. You're looking for this partner. Keep your eyes on the prize. Just somebody buy a drink and then talk about the really important stuff. Because <laughs> that's not, there's more important stuff out there than who's picking up the check. As much as I like the idea that finding a partner could be as easy as posting a job description to Craigslist, treating a date with the cold practicality of a job interview is a mistake I make too often. A first date, should feel romantic. It's a story you're going to tell over and over again, which is why sometimes I worry that by insisting we split the bill, I miss out on his first romantic gesture. My next guest agrees. I would not feel right at all if I took a woman on a date and split the bill. I don't care if I'm never going to see her again. James Michael Sama is the dating expert behind jamesmichaelsama.com. I absolutely consider myself a feminist. Because I am, I'm an advocate for equality. I have spent years of my life working for women. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I'd, I'd honestly rather work for a woman than a guy. I get along with women better than men. He doesn't believe that feminism should get in the way of chivalry. Even if he's on a date with the CEO of a company, he's going to open the door for her. Is that because she can't open the door herself? That would be ridiculous to think that. It's because of manners. It's because of respect. And it's because of how, you know, some men show their appreciation, their gratitude and, and those things. So I think that there I think that chivalry and equality can coexist. James is the founder of what's called the new chivalry movement. And the idea is that paying for the drink and pulling out her chair. These are important ways men show affection. If a woman is is going to deprive a man of. How he shows his love then I think that down the road, there's going to be a lot more of those conflicts. And he's not going to feel valued. He's not going to feel wanted. And he's not going to feel like he can contribute to the relationship. Letting a guy be chivalrous? It isn't all that bad. It's actually kind of the best. When he carries something heavy for you or makes a dinner reservation on Valentine's Day or emails you at work to say you got us theater tickets. That's what makes dating fun and not a job interview. Maybe this could be my approach. I could let him treat that first time, not because I can't pay, but so he has a chance to show how he feels. But then while we were chatting, James said this. Honestly, Andrea, I mean, I, I probably could have bought another car with all the money that I've spent on dates over the years. It doesn't feel like chivalry to me if your date's keeping a tab. How would I know if he enjoys paying or if I'm just another $20 between him and a new Xbox? You'll never know. So when a man tells me, please, let me get this. I'd love to treat. That's really our first test of whether or not I can trust him. My next guest has the ultimate way to get her date's attention. And you're going to hear all about it after a break. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm always worried about it because I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> Most girls I've been on dates with would be very offended if I tried to pay for them. See, those are the kind I'd get along better with anyway. I don't know. I guess I'm just more attracted to women who are like strong women and Ooh, more independent. judgmental. No, not at all. I, I don't want to date somebody who has that sort of antiquated gender uh, role. What, what's wrong with being judgmental in love? Back in episode one of the show, we held a single straight guy focus group in which I asked all the guys in the room who should pay for the drink on the first date. And what surprised me is that there was a debate about the kind of woman who lets a guy pay. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I know plenty of women who are very independent minded, extremely Mm -hmm. sophisticated and very well educated, who also would let a man buy her her first drink. Would let is different than well, no. But yes, what I'm but what yes, I'm saying yes, okay. Exactly. So so then let, let, let me let me recalibrate my let me recalibrate my language. Then, if a woman lets a guy pay, she risks being seen as a gold digger, entitled, money grubbing. Our next guest came up with a solution for this. When the bill comes, she grabs it and pays the whole thing. The eyes widen a little bit, and often like a very slight tick of the head to the side, like whoa, really? I mean, and I'm telling you, I can't remember a single time where that wasn't the response. Elizabeth King is a 28-year-old freelance writer in Minnesota. And when she grabs a check, she likes to look at her date over the brim of her glasses to see how he's reacting. Almost always, I would get a look of surprise. Almost always, they would say, really? And a lot of guys told me that this was not something that had ever happened to them on a first date before. So for the most part, they would acquiesce. Sometimes they were just too uncomfortable with with my paying. But regardless of, of how it ultimately resolved, instant surprise. If her date mocks her for offering, or if he interprets a gesture as rude, aggressive, or way too weird, this person is not a match for Elizabeth. It's kind of like what Sarah Bennett was talking about earlier. Dating like a headhunter. I do think that it's good to talk, at least broach the subject of money kind of early on because it can be such a pressure point for so many people. And again, you know, like if you're like me and you don't always necessarily have a lot of or any money, you know, that's something that the other person has to know so that if you are going to be splitting, for example, you know, not to go to like the fanciest restaurant in a 10 mile radius. For her first date with her now boyfriend, they went rock climbing at REI. Elizabeth conveniently has a membership, so it's free for her. So on that date, even though money didn't have to come up, it did naturally. I think we did start talking about money kind of early on just because both of us are very, both of us are really like upfront and honest and are kind of chatty, like big talkers. Once you get either of us going, we'll just blab forever. So I think because he's still in school, it felt like easier, more natural to bring up at least the topic of like student loans and, you know, like what I do for a living. Most people 
here, freelance anything. And they're like, oh, yeah, you don't make that much money. <laughs> so it sort of naturally comes up when you're in a self-employed line of work. Yeah. If there was a way where you just like could sync up your iPhone and it would automatically pay for everything you order in a bar and you never had to talk about money on a date, is that a world that you would want to date in? Mm, yeah. I mean, my initial response is to say that's kind of nice because it would alleviate so much anxiety for so many people. But at the same time, I think the fruit of walking through that anxiety and forcing the confrontation tells you a lot about a person that it's better to know sooner, in my opinion. So yet again, I was completely sold on this approach to dating. Just think about it. This one exchange so early into your possible relationship can show you everything you need to know about your future together. How would he handle learning that you make more money than him? Would he let you cover the rent if he lost his job? What if you inherited some money and wanted to take him on vacation? If he can let a woman pay without making a ball-shriveling facial expression, then that's important information that you can get for the low, one-time cost of a draft beer. So I started telling all the ladies in my life about this wild new dating hack to help you diagnose the worst of male fragility. I even told it to my next guest, but she wasn't as into it. I don't need to come out of my pocket to test male fragility. Like, come on. If he can get through an entire conversation with you and not be uh, scared or turned off or call you a femme Nazi or call you a this or call you or resort to some type of like ad hominem attacks, I mean, you're good to go. Writer Tiffany Dryton doesn't have an issue with being direct. I think every single woman has had experiences with men that should make them second guess having to pay for anything for them anyways whether it be all types of abuse, uh, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, being minimized, being this, being that, introducing that to a man is really important. And not just for the sake of not paying a bill. This isn't, that's not what that's about. It's for the sake of understanding who I am as a woman. A few years ago, she wrote a piece called Why I Don't Pay for First Dates. And in it, she points out how men have received assistance from society to enable their autonomy, often extra support from their family, from their workplaces, she talks about how her mom, even though they had very little growing up, helped fund her brother's dates, never hers. Here I am with no money going out on a date and kind of sort of being put in the predicament where you have to be relatively dependent on, on another person in order to make that date successful. And a lot of that was happening because, to some extent, my mom was more willing to kind of siphon off money you know, from her girls because she had two girls and a boy to kind of give it to her son because she knew that there was more of an obligation from women in society for him to pay. In her article for The Frisky, Tiffany writes that society never treated me as an equal to the man sitting across from me. Yet all of a sudden the playing field's leveled? It's not, and I will not pretend otherwise, nor will I afford a man who's trying to date me the right to believe it is. Me paying half or anything doesn't mean that it's actually an equal situation. It's not, because if you have more access to to finances and if you're not struggling your way through school and if you don't come from a single parent household and if you're not black, there's no way that we're on equal terms in terms of what that dollar means to you versus what that dollar means to me. Do you remember your first date with your now partner? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. The first time we went on a date, we met, we met playing basketball. I was jogging by a park. He was playing basketball by himself. So I went up to him. I was like, hey, can I shoot? I was not interested in dating him at the time. I just wanted to shoot the basketball. So we shot around. It was a Monday. And he was like, hey, so I'm going to go to Six Flags later. It was summertime. So I was like, okay, fine. He's like, you want to come? I was like, okay, I'm not going to say no. We go. He pays. 
cool. So we go to Six Flags. We have a great time. This is when I start liking him. Now, the next time around, he invites me out to go um, to, to eat Indian food or something. And he pays. Now, funny enough, by the third time it was time for him to pay, that's when we had to have the conversation. And he explained to me that so many women that he's had to go out with, you know, that women are are users (laughs) to some capacity, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, you pay for things and this, that, the other, and you're just left with, with nothing. And I explained to him, you know, my position, like, that's true. But, you know, I come from this kind of family background this is what my family is going through. I was very open and honest. Like, this is where we stand financially. And if you're doing better than that, like, this is the reality of what we're going to be up against. And we had that conversation probably by the third date. And after I had that conversation with him, he never hesitated to support me ever. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, this guy's perfect. At the heart of her argument is actually one of the most important aspects of dating, making yourself vulnerable. Because that's what's absent, I think, oftentimes from our dating lives as well, a certain level of vulnerability, like letting people know, look, this is what I am going through. This is who I am. This is what I have been through. Because what if he rejected you after you said all that? Right. Well, then I would have known I can't. This is not the person for me. This is the true work here. The true work isn't getting somebody to pay for a bill or convincing them to pay for the bill. It's having to be vulnerable yourself. And having to watch somebody either accept who you really are or walk away from it. And that's why the drink question won't go away so easy. It opens you up for judgment. And that's a good thing, especially for women. When you go out on a date, saying something about yourself that you know a man may feel uncomfortable about is the best thing you can ever do. (laughs) For real. And not just on a, like period like when you really think about your good friends you probably became good friends on something that you wouldn't do with anybody else or tell anybody else like that's when you establish okay this is my good friend at the time we talked tiffany and her partner the guy she met on the basketball court were expecting a daughter she was seven months pregnant so i had to ask what are you going to tell her about dating Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I mean, you probably just want to finish making her for a bit. but <laughs> Oh, no, no. I think about these things every single day. Like, what am I going to tell her about race? What am I going to tell her about dating? What am I going to tell her about men? It, 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 it's hard. It's not easy. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, all boys and all men just want the same thing. And this, that, like, I, I will never say something like that to my daughter. Like, because it's, it's just not, it's purely inaccurate. Like, it's, it's a stereotype. All men and all boys don't want the same thing. Like, it's about finding the man or the boy who wants what you want. The Too Long Didn't Listen version of this episode? Know what you want, say what you want, then you'll find someone who wants the same thing. This only really applies if you're on a date with someone who you like, who you want to pursue things with. And in my experience, maybe because I have a hunk of scar tissue where my heart used to be, that's pretty rare. The most awkward payment situations happen when neither of you are feeling it, or one of you is really feeling it, or both of you are on the fence. So here are some hacks that have worked for me. Number one, if you really want to pay for the date, say, I'm trading because... And then come up with a because, like, because I was late, 
or because you had to travel further, or because it's your birthday next month. Just give a reason that isn't tradition. Number two, if you really want to pay for your drink and not the other person's drink, one way to make sure that happens is to show up 15 minutes early. Order and pay for your own drink before your date even arrives. Then things are kept separate. This is really handy if, for some reason, you think you might have to bolt really quickly. Number three, if the other person insists on paying for you and you didn't want that to happen, but you don't want to make a scene, you can always Venmo or PayPal that person your half after the date ends. Just tell them why. Use your words. Number four, if you are looking for a way to talk about the bill with your date, ask them if they want to Marie Kondo it. It's a game where you take turns holding the check in your hand, close your eyes, and whoever it sparks the most joy for can pay this time. And my last dating tip, number five, which is really out there, so bear with me. Number five, don't sleep on the Boris best friends in your life. Don't get distracted by the Knicks. Because 20 years later, after Titanic has left the theaters, come out on VHS, then DVD, then Blu-ray, when half your podcast audience will have to look up what a VHS is, you're going to find yourself thinking about Boris again. You're going to look him up on Facebook. And you'll lose an hour looking at photos of him and his beautiful family at an amusement park. A year after Nick dumped me because Claire told him to, I was at an 8th grade dance chatting with Boris. He'd just gotten back from the DJ station and told me that he'd put in a request. Is it the Macarena? Barbie girl? Backstreet Boys? Suddenly, the dance floor turned an eerie blue, and the DJ started playing Boris's request. It was a slow dance. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Boris asked me if I wanted to dance. And I said no, that I valued our friendship too much. He left the dance and we were never the same. And that's all a way of getting to my last rule. Over the course of your dating career, there will be a lot of decisions. You'll pay for all of them. Our show is produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hilary Frank. Artwork changes every week thanks to Teddy Blanks at Chips.NYC. Our theme music is by Andy Miklas, Casey Holford, Lee Rosevere, Evan Viola. Special thanks to Mia LaBelle and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Next time on YOY, we are devoting a whole 10-part series to dating advice for couples who meet on boats in 1912. I will interview tons of experts about what to do if you are a society girl, he's a starving artist poker player, who should pay for the drinks on the aft deck, find out next week.